Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for all that you've done for us, especially for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice which was provided for each one of us. You came into this world to save all those who would believe. And so, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen our faith, increase our faith, and as we would look into your word this morning, we ask that you would bless the reading and and bless our time together, that you would help us to learn something new, that we would learn it from, from you, Lord God, from your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we want to thank you in advance and pray that you'd be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. With the help of the Lord this morning, I wish to read out of um, the gospel account of, uh, of Luke, so gospel according to Luke, um, chapter 22. If we could uh, just read a few verses from the beginning. So the first six verses of, of Luke, chapter 22, six verses from the beginning. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. I've read the six verses. Let's bow down and worship the Lord together. Almighty God, creator of this vast universe and lover of our soul. We are in awe of this privilege as your children to enter into your presence with confidence, with boldness, not based on our merit, but on your love. And Father, we see that love so clearly shown as you came into this world, left glory and worship and embraced betrayal, suffering, and death. And Father, we know that as you took on flesh and as you took on our weakness, that that betrayal must have hurt deeply. But you loved us anyways. 
Oh, Father, there's so much. Gratitude we have and so much inspiration we have. So much we fall short of that wonderful, incredible example. Father, we pray that we would not allow our human emotions and the hurts of others to prevent us from serving you and loving this world. Or we were not worthy of your love and sacrifice. So let us love even those who hurt and betray us. Father, we pray for the dear brother who has come to serve us, that you would indeed inspire him, that you would meet his needs. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Richmond Hill, that you would build them up and encourage them and strengthen them, Lord, that they could be a bright light, that this wonderful faith could be passed on from generation to generation in increasing um, joy and victory. Pray for his dear mother who's going to be passing through um, surgery this coming week. We just pray for your wisdom upon the doctors and that you would help her to come through without incident. I want to pray for those in our congregation who are dealing with um, this contagious disease. We just pray that it would not spread and that they could recover quickly and without any lasting um, damage. And Father, we pray for our dear brothers in, who are fleeing um, persecution and war in the Eastern Europe. We just pray for uh, grace for them. We pray for those who are taking them in for, for love and for ability to um, sustain and strengthen them under this difficult time for those who are left behind who are who are still facing threats um, all around them but lord we trust your word that in the valley of death that you are with us and we need not fear evil we pray that a peace would be envelop them and that they could trust you in a world where there's so little to trust. Lord, we are so thankful that when we cannot trust the word of man, when they speak lies at one table, but we can trust your word, your living word. It is faithful, it is true. It, not one jot or tittle will pass away. And it is in your your character that you've demonstrated on the cross, and we can have this confidence. Lord, we pray for the many who have heard the invitation to build upon that solid rock and who may have been distracted by other things that allured and seemed more enticing, more promising, Lord, they may see the falseness of those promises and return to the, the bedrock, the foundation, the character and care of our loving God. We know there are many who are 
at the end of their lives who have trusted in this their whole life long. Lord, whose faith is being shown turned to victory. We pray for steadfastness to the end. And Lord, may we be found faithful who follow in their footsteps. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Brother Edmund was mentioning about the uh, brethren fleeing Ukraine, and it's obviously a terrible situation over there in, in uh, Ukraine. And just, you know, it's in our face as well in the news, and wherever we turn, we, we can see, you know, what's, what's happening there. Uh, but I, I actually heard an interesting account uh, with uh, some of these people that, that they're feeling uh, compelled to go and help. They're, they want to go and join, join with the Ukrainian forces over there. Um, and, and some of the people who got there, they, they um, after shared that, you know, don't come. It's, it's a mess. It's, it's uh, chaotic. It's crazy. And, you know, whether this, what I'm about to share is actually uh, 100% accurate. It really doesn't matter. I think there's a point behind what I what what, what I found very interesting. One um, gentleman who had experience in uh, in the military with like uh, as an as a medic, you know, with with uh, paramedics to help people that are injured. He went there hoping to go and assist with some of the evacuation of the refugees and, and trying to help on a humanitarian uh, level, so he says. And, and when he gets there, um, they told him, okay, uh, you're now going to be sent uh, to the front lines and you're going to get three days of training. Day one, you're going to be trained some basic maps and, uh, you know, orientation, uh, locations, and, you know, how to move about geography-wise in the, in the area because they're not from there at all. And then day two would be some uh, first aid, you know, like learning some uh, how to help people on, a, you know, those that are injured, even though this individual uh, had experience in that. But it's just a just general, the, the three-day training course. Um, to go fight in a in a in in battle and day three they they give you a weapon and they they teach you how to use it and and uh, practice shooting with it so basically three days and then you're out on the front lines and he's like he he was not up for that and many others who 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 didn't stay didn't didn't want to be part of that but just thinking about that it's it's sort of it's insane to to go into a uh, a battle unprepared. And on a spiritual sense, you know, we are in a battle. We are in a war. It is, it is not a physical war that we are in and, or that we are fighting, but it is a spiritual battle. Um, and, and that's what the Bible teaches us. We are at war with spiritual darkness and, and our enemy is not one another, um, man against man, uh, uh, brother against sister, um, family member against family member. It's, it's really, we have to look at what is the root cause and what is really the underlying issue and where, what, what, what is, try, what is the, the bigger picture, really. 
So we always, you know, we think we're at odds with individuals, with people, or, or you know, but really it's, it's about uh, good versus evil. It's, it's the prince of this world who is um, w- waging war against the king of kings, lord of lords. It's the, it's, it's the um, spiritual battle that we are in a, in, a, in a battle, in a war with. And, and when we think about that, sometimes I feel like I go at this battle, at this war, day by day with very little preparation, not, not being... Uh, not taking advantage of, 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 the, of what God has provided for me. So I'm sharing with you personally. I feel like sometimes I just do the three-day course and I'm out there in, in, I'm in, a, in a battle not knowing really uh, what I'm doing or what the, what, who my enemy is. And, and I think all of us sometimes can get caught in that, in that um, place of not being... Uh, prepared enough or not depending on God enough, not allowing ourselves to use the, the weapons and, the, and, and you know, basically what, what, through the Holy Spirit what God has given us to be able to fight effectively and to be victorious day by day. And each and every little battle that we face, that, that we come across, the challenges that we go through, the the difficulties that we experience, how we face those things day by day, moment by moment. And we have to understand who the enemy is and how he works. And, and sometimes it's important to, to consider this and take some time to think about it. And, and in these few verses that we have read, and, and so I've been thinking about that a lot lately, not just um, in regards to one specific area, but just in general uh, through you know the Bible and and through my life and through um, the church and in all different ways, how how the devil does what he does and and to understand how he works and I cannot and I will never be able to fully understand it. None of us will be, but the Bible gives us some some uh, glimpses and and some some examples and even in the few verses that we we read here we can see how how we have Judas Iscariot how he's one of the 12 disciples of of Jesus and he was he was actually he had responsibility he wasn't just the outcast in the group he he was responsible for for uh, um, the money the the treasure if you will in the group you don't just give that position to somebody that you don't trust. That, that's somebody that, that was in position of trust. He was somebody that was, that was close um, and respected and looked up to in the group. But we see here in verse 3, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. So this is just an example, but I think it's a fitting one to look at this morning since we are leading up to the Easter uh, weekend coming up. And these are just a few days before, before Jesus' uh, crucifixion. And so we're kind of actually right now in that, maybe around that timeline. And, and 
as, as we're leading up to that, you know, um, as Jesus is about to be betrayed and, and go to trial and be, be sentenced to death on the cross. But what happened leading up to it and how Satan became very influential in Judas and, and he was able to, to, uh, to influence him in a way to act out on something that Judas had going on in his heart. But even before Satan was working in, in Judas's heart, it says here in the verse previous, as the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. And so there was already this, this um, you know, they were trying to figure out conspiring how they were going to capture Jesus, how they were going to, um, you know, get rid of this problem that they were having with this man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so they were, they were trying to figure out the right way because they knew that the people were following him and they wouldn't just, they wouldn't just uh, uh, allow them to take him for no reason in a, in a crowd. And so, so they, they were afraid of that. So they wanted to do it in a, in a way that, that would be, you know, in a, in a, where there wouldn't be a lot of people so that they can take, you know, arrest Jesus and, uh, and do what they, what they want. And what they were wanting to do. So, so here now, Satan puts this thought into Judas. And Judas then goes to the chief priests. And he basically conspires a way that he's going to help them. He's going to cooperate with them. And he's going to betray Jesus and, and turn him over to them and, and bring them to him in an opportunity where there's not a lot of people um, where there won't be a big scene, where there won't be people that fight back, push back, and not allow Jesus uh, to be arrested. And so he agreed on a certain amount of money. We know that to be 30 pieces of silver. And they made a covenant agreement. It was a binding agreement. And that, that, was, that was the deal. The deal was done the agreement was made for for Jesus to be turned over to be betrayed and we can see now satan's purpose and plan is going to work out the way maybe he's wanting to but is it but is it Satan must have known. Satan knew that, that by Jesus going on the cross and dying on the cross and, and shedding his blood would be ultimately his defeat. Satan's defeat. And so if we look at the Bible, we can actually see in, in the gospel accounts that Satan's goal was not originally to have Jesus crucified on the cross. When, when uh, let's go back a little bit, when, when Jesus prophesied of his death, um, Peter, he was very bold and he said, you know, we're, we're not going to let that happen to you. 
And uh, Jesus told him, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. So here, when Peter had the desire to not allow that to happen, um, Jesus chastised him and said, that's Satan talking. That's Satan talking. And if we go a little bit earlier in the accounts, uh, Satan, we know that he tempted Jesus. He, his objective was to uh, not bring him to the cross at that moment. His objective was to have Jesus sin. His objective was to, to, uh, to you know, put these uh, proposals out and, and uh, you know, for him to, uh, to fall on into sin through those different, uh, you know, propositions. And I'm, I'm not going to go through each one. We don't have enough time in, in where, where we're going with this. So we see Satan is, is working, and, and I, don't, I don't see his master plan, this being Satan's master plan, to, to have Jesus crucified, because he knows, if we know what that means, if the Old Testament was talking about, about what that meant, Satan knows. And even... Before Jesus was born, Satan was, was trying relentlessly to have Jesus, the newborn babe, to be murdered through Herod. So we can just going back, I'm kind of going backwards, I'm going in rewind, seeing how, how Satan is, he, he's, he's, he's working He's constantly working. He's trying to disrupt things. He's a disrupt, disruptor. He's trying to, 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 uh, to you know, uh, affect um, the plan, but, but he's not successful. But there is collateral damage, and there is, there is things that are happening. For example, uh, uh, under the age of, I believe, two years old, of, of that time period, um, the decree was sent out to have all the... All the boys uh, killed. It's terrible. But because that's what he was trying to do. He, it was a blanket, um, you know, trying to, to kill this newborn king. And then even if we go into the Old Testament and see all the times where, where um, you know, Jesus, uh, where Satan was trying to disrupt the the Israelites God's chosen people because he knew from from that seed and we can even go to the first into the garden you know after the garden um, what happened there and then we know the two boys Cain and Abel and, and what happened there I believe even at that point the devil knew the plan and he was trying to disrupt it we, through that all, we can see how God is greater. God is sovereign. God is in control. God can, can, um, has his way happening even when things are going against him, even when all of us are able to have our own, you know, uh, make our own decisions, make our own choices, yet God is still able to do his will. And that just that just gives me goosebumps when I think about how God can do his will and how God is sovereign and in control, yet all 
of, of everything that's happening is going in, in a way that, that would try to resist it. But God's plan still happens. And so for, for that, I, I, you know, just thinking about that just makes me think, you know, how amazing God is, how his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. We cannot, um, we're not at that level. But the devil has uh, a, a purpose and a function, and he's like, like uh, I believe Peter writes, he's like a roaring lion, roaming, seeking who he can devour. You know, the, the song, um, there's a song, Satan's like a roaring lion, roaming to and fro. It doesn't say roaming to and fro in Peter, but it says roaming to and fro in other parts of the Bible. In, uh, in Job specifically, in, in a couple instances, it talks about, about the, the um, you know, here's Job, a holy man, uh, a good man, a just man, and yet um, when he's pointed out, uh, when Satan comes to, to, with the sons of God and the presence of, of God, and they have a discourse, and, and uh, God asks Satan, where, you know, where, are you, where, where were you? And he is going to and fro, up and down, throughout the earth. Okay? To and fro, up and down. He's, he was going to and fro, up and down, here on the week leading up to, to Jesus' uh, crucifixion. He was working and, and, and um, causing havoc and, and, and creating uh, these, these plans. And even in, in, uh, in the life of Job, he did that. And he, he told, told God, well, that's only because you put a hedge around him. Only because you've kept him uh, you know, safe and secure. That's why he's so good. That's why he's so um, um, loyal. God said, okay. And we know what happened. So Satan is, so he's the enemy. We're looking at the enemy. We're trying to figure out how things are working, what's going on. He has a, he has a purpose. He's, he's working, but he's not greater. He's not stronger. He's not more mighty than the Lord. We don't need to fear him. We need to respect in the sense of, you know, don't, don't mess, don't, don't, don't play with fire because you're going to get burned. But we need to understand that, that he's below God. And it's a no contest between him and God. It's not even close. It's not like a God had to fight him off and... Uh, and, you know, it was a close battle. It's not close. It's not. And, in fact, you know, Satan is, he, there's, a, there's a purpose. Uh, you know, not, not, that, not that he was created for that purpose. I'm not saying that. But there's a purpose even uh, with him after his, his fall. There's a purpose. And in many ways, it, it's, it's, again, it's something I can't fully grasp. But as we see the events 
happening around us right now, brothers and sisters, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time, but it's also an anxious time. It's, 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 it's somewhat it's scary to see how everything's unfolding in one way, but in another way, it's so amazing to see how everything's unfolding um, and just speaking openly and honestly. But, in, in, but, you know, seeing how everything is unfolding is really a testament, again, to how God is in control, how God wins, how God is the victorious one. And so who should we trust in? We need to trust in God. Whom should we fear? We shouldn't fear in, in anyone. And in, in only a, a godly fear. That's it. Have a fear that is godly, that is respectful, that is reverent to God. That's the only one that we should fear because God is in control. And yes, Jesus even said, I just don't fear the one who can take your life. And that's what we are here in, in this flesh and blood. And that's, you know, we could experience rejection. We can experience um, you know, betrayal. We can experience illness. We can experience loss. And this, these are hard things to go through. But who is our comforter? Who is our help through that? Those are all opportunities for us to go to him, to run to him, to open our arms to him. And so we can see how all these negative things that we face each and every day, if we would just think about it for a second, instead of saying, oh, woe is me, this is so bad. This is so terrible. Instead of saying that, we need to run to him and say how that evil thing that came in my life was actually good. If we look in the, in the Bible, we can see countless examples of that. And I'm, you know, without going through many, just one, um, you, you know, looking at Joseph in um, being sold by his brothers. They betrayed him. They turned on him. And, and very similar to Jesus, they sold him for some, some, uh, some silver coins. And he is sold as a slave. And we know he grew up. But at the end, when they finally were reunited, when they finally came together and they were scared of him, he told him, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so, yes, there are things in our life that, that are going to not be easy to go through, but at the end, it's, if it's, if it's going to bring us to the Savior, if it's going to bring us to the cross, if it's going to bring us into a relationship with, with God, restore the relationship, the broken relationship, because of sin, and if it's going to bring us onto repentance, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. And so we can see, back to now the verses that we read, Satan's plan shifts and change, changes to this now. This is now the, the agenda. What? To have Jesus betrayed. To make it, to make it as hard on Jesus as possible. He knew he's finished. 
before Jesus said, it is finished, he, he knows right now that what's, what's happening. He knows the end. But his objective, it's very, it's very shallow-minded, if you will. It's, it's to take as many with, as, as possible with him down, okay? And to, to inflict as much pain as possible, okay? And that's what happened here to Jesus. And don't expect it's not going to happen to us. Don't expect that we're going to be immune from, from that barrage. No. We're promised that we're going to experience suffering, that we're, we're going to experience persecution, that we're going to go through tough times, that we're going to go through you name it. That's what we're promised. But, but, but God is faithful. God um, will keep us to be faithful to the end. Only by his grace, only by his goodness, and only by what eventually happened here. And so what was intended for evil, God meant for good. What evil was being done to Jesus, and I'm, and I'm sure I don't want to go too much into you know, the, the um, Easter story, and it's going to be you know, Friday, Sunday, that, that's coming. But we know where that leads. And we know what it means for each one of us. And so at the end of the day, you know, the Bible's clear that, that it wasn't the devil that put Jesus on the cross. It wasn't. And Judas is just another one of us. Just like in the garden, Adam represents all of us, and we would all have done the same thing. And in a way, Judas, the same way he betrayed Jesus, we've all betrayed Jesus. The same way he, he did these terrible things, we've all done terrible things, and we've all, one way or another, were, were partakers of that, putting Jesus on the cross. But it was God who Isaiah 53 says simply in verse 10, it pleased the Lord that he would be bruised. In Romans, it talks about God doing that to Jesus. It, it, God made Jesus sin who knew no sin so that he could, so, so we could be made righteousness. He was made unrighteousness. And that's what's, what's going on. God is in control. God, this was God's master plan to redeem mankind. And now we see how Satan is just really doing his work and his purpose. And although he's, he's against God, yet he's still doing ultimately at the end. Not, not by doing the evil it being you know aligned with god but he's doing god's will accomplish uh, so that god's will can be accomplished and even so that's the thing even those that reject reject god and they end up because of their uh, rejection of accepting jesus as their, as their savior they they're they're unfortunately going to a place that is of eternal torment but they all even even they are contributing to God's plan. It's, it's just crazy, but that's a reality. 
So this morning, I, I, I pray that we would think about, you know, how, how God is able to, to turn things that are meant for evil upon us, but to turn it to good. How, how, how the devil works, yet he is so limited. Yet, if we give him the power, he's, he has full control over us. But we don't have to give him that power. We, we can, with God's help, resist him. And even, you know, when there are times that we don't do the right thing, in this case, for example, Judas, he, he, um, he did the wrong thing. He betrayed Jesus. It's, it's, very, it's, it's a terrible thing. But what, what was he thinking? We, we, we don't know exactly what he was thinking. But, you know, you can sort of conjecture a bit. Um, there is one theory that, that he thought, you know, that Jesus really wouldn't have, have um, died there. He was just going to, he loved the money. It says that in the Bible, that he did. And he thought he's going to make a quick buck out of it. And Jesus would be the, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe because he was very good at uh, his time, when his time had not yet come, he had always a way out. And so maybe he thought that he'd get the money, Jesus would uh, escape, and, you know, it is what it is, right? Or maybe he just lost, you know, he got discouraged because Jesus, you know, it's, it, his purpose was not maybe aligned with what he thought Jesus' purpose was to, to now ha- establish a kingdom presently at the moment, and, and Jesus was very clear that, that that's not what he was doing. Um, so, so we don't know what exactly was going through his mind um, leading into, into this uh, moment of, of betrayal, but what we do know is that after the betrayal, he, he had a, a really, really deep remorse and really big regret. So much so that when it happened, after, after it happened, after it played out, he went to the temple there, and it seems that there was a bit of a heated exchange, and he actually left the money, the money that he did this for, he, he left it there at the temple, and he went, and he was so filled with, with regret and with remorse that he actually uh, went to such a low place that he committed suicide. That didn't have to happen. That didn't have to happen. I, I firmly believe that if he would have repented, he died before Jesus. He could have changed his outcome, not changed the outcome of, of, of what Jesus had to go through, because that was set by the, our, the Lord God. That was a set plan. That was not, that not, could not change. But he could have repented. I believe that. And, and then Jesus' blood would wash his sins away. 100%. But he didn't let it go there. He died in, his, in that state of depravity. And we don't need to do that. 
As long as we have life, as long as we have breath, we can look to Jesus, ask God for forgiveness, no matter what decisions we made, no matter what we did, no matter how messy our life is, no matter how, how, how we've wasted it all. We have to have, in that moment, that, that, that when God gives us that opportunity, that wake-up call to say, like the prodigal son, when he was in his lowest moment, I will go to my father. I will ask him for forgiveness. That's what, that's what we're commanded. That's what we can do. That's what we're being offered, that opportunity. Every day we have life and breath. And so today is a, is a new day, is a day where I can learn from my mistakes and my failures, where the devil had his way with me, and where I, where I was a, a useful tool for him. And, and, and now I can say, no, 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 no more, devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. And I want to be a, a soldier for the cross. I want to be used for God's kingdom. And that's a choice we all have every day to make. It's a, it, you know, learn from our mistakes and, and see where, where the devil is effective with us and where, you know, with God's help through his spirit, through the whole armor of God, where we can protect ourselves, defend ourselves from that onslaught. That's a whole other message. It's a whole other topic. But I, I pray as we, this morning, as we've been thinking about the life of Judas leading up to uh, the betrayal and eventual crucifixion of Jesus and to see his role and, and how the devil, uh, as it says here, thus entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. And to have a respect and to understand how the devil works and, but to at the same time understand that he's limited, to understand that God is in control and that, that God, um, he's the ultimate, the one that, that we need to, to, to fear. And no matter what is happening around us, no matter what the situation is in, in the current events today, and like I said, there, things are happening at, at a rapid um, pace right now in the world that we shouldn't be uh, discouraged about that, but rather look at it as an opportunity and see how, how things are happening. And God has put us f- here in this place, in this time, in this hour of the, the, the clock of, of the history of this world for a time just like this. That's an amazing thing. That, that God has put us here now to be used in his kingdom in, in times such as this. May God help us, help us to be effective, help us to, to trust in him, help us to be um, soldiers that are, that are going to be effective and well-trained and understand what God wants for us. Amen. We've heard the word of God today in the antitype of uh, Judas Iscariot. 
someone who was already on the winning side and at the last minute chose to switch to the losing side. Didn't look like that to him. He thought he was on the weak side. He thought uh, the powers were, he saw the, the writing on the wall, if you will, of you know, mounting Roman and Jewish resistance to his Lord and just didn't, he just didn't see how Jesus could win. And he thought he would switch sides when he could and profit off of it. And we live in a day where, again, we, we can see the power of this present darkness looks really intimidating, really scary. It looks like uh, you step out of line, you stand up for Jesus, you, uh, you um, speak the truth about uh, eternal things, about uh, moral things, about things the Bible speaks about, and you're going to get crushed. That's what it looks like. But yet, we can see Jesus and the Lord are never surprised and never outmatched. I remember being a, 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 a young man in school, and I, I didn't think I knew much. And of course, they were teaching me in grade two about the wonders of the world and about martial arts. They said, you know, there's this thing called judo. And... Uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about judo, they said, is, you know, you can beat somebody who's a lot bigger than you because you actually use their own weight against them. You know, they come charging at you and you just do the right move and they just, you just flip them and they go flying. And, and so it doesn't matter how small you are because that, that, that person is going to fall by their own power. You use their own power against them. And uh, in the wisdom of God, we read in 1 Corinthians 2 that, you know, if the princes of this world had known, you know, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because there's a deeper wisdom. Because Satan's power is, let's face it, destructive. And it ends up being self-destructive. We see Judas switching horses and ended up destroying himself because, as the brother mentioned, he could have repented and chose not to. But Satan's power will end up, even though it appears like it's going to destroy you, it will end up destroying itself. God's wisdom, the wisdom of non-resistance, the wisdom of overcoming evil with good, the wisdom of Jesus going to the cross to defeat a rabid mob, and win their hearts and take over the world, that's the side you want to be on. A side that is not going to consume itself in anger, in guilt, and in all the things that destroy from within, but one that will build in love and truth and hope. Let's, let's not be intimidated by the, cloud, the growing storm clouds, Let's trust in the wisdom and the truth of God's living word that has been proven and as Jesus demonstrated on the cross. With that, we would conclude this morning's service.